The Medallion, Chapter 42 Corvin sat quietly next to Teak until he was sure she was asleep. Watching her eat the chocolate had made him realize just how hungry he was. He ate two of the pepperoni sticks, pulled on his pack, and covered it with the tunic. Picking up Teak's light, he explored the tower. A narrow stairway just inside the front door climbed up along the side of the wall, weaving in and out around the buttresses that swooped overhead to join the central support column. The roof of the tower would be a great vantage point to check out the Rikash City, although the stairs didn't look very safe in places. In a nook under the narrow stairs, a man lay crumpled beside a table, a cup still clutched in his hand. A half-eaten loaf of bread and three of the round fruitcakes sat on the table. Corvin ate a few bites, then wrapped the rest up and laid it beside Teak. Crossing the room, Corvin stepped down the stairs around the central pillar and pointed Teak's light around the perimeter of the floor below. A high-arched tunnel, wide enough for two soldiers to walk side by side, punctured the wall of the pit across from the base of the stairs. That had to be the tunnel Kale said would take him back to Kadir. Corvin descended to the bottom and crossed over to the central pillar. A shadow zipped out from under the stairs and ran past him along the walls. As he twisted about, another one flitted across on the other side, hissing at him in the darkness. He whipped the light towards it and glimpsed a small lizard, just as something hard hit him in the back and sent him sprawling to the ground. The light flew from his grasp. Corvin scrambled to grab it back, but a clawed foot kicked it away. The old lizard that Sark met in the colony stood over him, the tips of its claws glistening in the low light. You are a fool, he croaked. Corvin pushed back from the claw pointed at his face, but the old watcher stepped closer. Sarek saved your life by bringing you to Kale. The voice was steady and strong. I ordered him to do it, or he would have just let himself fade away. Anger creased the leathery face. Your stubborn ways are going to... He coughed, staggered to one side, and four smaller lizard rushed in from the shadows to support him. The old watcher pushed them away and straightened up. His throat bobbed and his forehead creased with the exertion. The lizard pointed across the floor to the tunnel. Tsarek and the small boy wait for you ahead. You must hurry, Tsarek says. The lizard lapsed into a series of clicks, swallowed a few times and tried again. He says the Kate is at palace and she needs... What? Corvin said. What happened to Kate? The old lizard tried to respond, but then wavered and collapsed into the waiting paws of the four smaller creatures. Before Corvin could move, they had him hoisted on their backs and were carrying the watcher up the stairs. Scooping up the light stick, Corvin ran after them. His head cleared the level of the floor and he saw the lizards heading for the door, the body of the watcher cradled between them. Stop! I need to talk to him! The lizards only ran faster or out the door before he reached the top of the stairs. Corvin raced after them into the darkness. He pointed Teak's light out the door and searched around, but they had vanished into the shadows. What are you doing? Corvin jumped at Teak's whisper beside him. Don't wave that light around. It doesn't look natural. Someone will notice. The old watcher from your colony was here. He was trying to tell me something about Kate. The girl who owns the white scarf? No, it's someone else I need to find. She's in trouble up at Kadir. Teak grabbed the light stick and turned it off. They've seen you. In the darkness, Corvin caught a flicker of light from the library roof high above the Rakash domes. I hope they just think it's their guard looking around. She watched the light blinking. Oh, great, she muttered. Let's hope my light talk is good enough to fool them. Pointing her light toward the building, she flicked it off and on. What are you? Quiet, she hissed. I need to concentrate. The light across them flickered again and Teak worked her own light. Rapid blinks from the top of the library answered her message. That should do it. She retreated into the tower and Corvin followed. 
Good thing you woke me up with all your hollering. If I hadn't answered that message, they would have sent a patrol over, and that would have been the end of us. They suspect that you're taking it to Kadir. Taking what to Kadir? The message said you stole this. Teak pulled a knotted red cord from around her neck, and a black embroidered sachet appeared from under her collar, its white symbols glowing fiercely. That belongs to Kale. Corvin reached for it, but Teak pulled it away. It did, but now it's mine. A potion that can give off this much light will be very useful to me. How did you take it from him? Corvin stared intently at the glowing symbols and resisted the urge to reach for it. Eyes that see in the dark, remember? I watched him drinking and helped him to enjoy a much-needed rest with a drop of my own sleepy medicine, like what they gave you but much stronger. I took this from him before I carried you out of there. But now Kale will think I stole it. Then you need to get out of here before they wake the Rakash to search for it. Your smell will be an easy trail for them to follow. Teak, I made a deal with Kale to bring him the scepter so he will let my father go. Now he'll think I'll cheated him, just like my grandfather. Teak frowned. How was I to know about your deal? I saw something that I could use, and I took it. I should give it back to Kale. Corvin put out his hand. His palm was sweaty. His desire to hold the bottle was growing stronger. Teak shook her head. I can't let you do that. There's already enough tension between Kale and my father, and I can't afford to have Kale catch me with it. Then let me take it with me. I can give it to Sari, and then she can return it to him later. As he said the words, Corvin knew they did not ring true. He had no desire to share the discovery of the vial with anyone else, including Sari. Teak shrugged, held out the vial, and then pointed to the stairwell that wound down around the central pillar. You go that way, and I'll wait at the colony for you to return with the scepter. Corvin took the cord from Teak's hand, looped it over his neck, and pushed the pouch under his tunic. Instantly, his chest grew warm and his heart pounded in anticipation. Whatever it was, Kale's potion was incredibly powerful, and he was glad he managed to take it from Teak. The crash of the massive gong on the top of the library shattered the still air. Teak pulled his blanket from her shoulders. You had this blanket with you in Kale's library. I'll drag it over to where you saw me by the river, and when the Rakash track you over there, Kale will think you went back to report to the gatekeeper. Kale won't go there. He doesn't want the gatekeeper to know he's formed an alliance with the Rakash leader. But when Kale finds the guard here, he'll know. Teak threw him the guard's blanket from beside the bed. Don't make things so complicated. They'll just think he's drunk again. Take his blanket and drag it behind you as you go up the tunnel to Kadir. He stinks worse than you, and the blanket will cover your tracks. She picked up her crossbow from the floor and ran over to the door. And don't forget to take your light and those exploding things along. Corvin picked up the acetylene lamp. You should come with me. Teak stopped and turned around. If I don't get back to the colony, my father will come looking for me, and that will start a war with Kale. I can't do that. No matter what they think of me, they are my people. Teak stepped out the doorway and gasped. Corvin ran to her and his heart stopped. The entire Rakash army was lining up outside the library. I will draw them away from here while you escape, Teak said. Corvin grabbed her arm. They're too fast. They'll catch you. Teak touched the crossbow slung over her back. When they're near me, I'll set this off and deafen them so I can get away. I've done it before. With all the Rakash at once? You worry too much. Teak's voice was calm, but her face betrayed her fear. She kissed his cheek. I'll be waiting for you. Come back as soon as you can. She whirled away, vanishing among the nearby domes of rock. Corvin glanced back at the library. Kale was coming to lead the Rakash to the tower, or even to Kadir to get his potion back. 
Even if Teak distracted their Akash and confused them with her exploding crossbow bolt, Kale and his soldiers would still tear Kadir apart looking for him. He turned back, and his eyes fell on the sticks of dynamite Teak had been playing with. With trembling hands, he lit a match, ignited the lamp, and strapped it to the top of his head. Sweeping the beam of light around, he scooped up both sticks of dynamite. A loud crack, like the sound of a gun going off, brought down a shower of dirt from overhead. Corvin ran back to the door. The Rakash were milling about and torches were tossed on the ground. Kale's men moved among them, trying to restore order, but some of the Rakash were turning on them and fighting back. A flash of yellow light came from the jumble of boulders off to the left. Corvin peered through the gloom. Teak's light was still on her head, but her shoulders were bound in a rope held in the hands of a tall Rakash. Teak searched in Corvin's direction. Their eyes met, and she mouthed one word over and over. Run! Corvin looked back to the library. Most of the Rakash were under control, but one group had their backs against the library wall and were continuing to fight anyone who came near. The Rakash holding Teak hostage was circling around to the far side of the library. He must be taking her to where they kept the girls they abducted from the other cities. Corvin ran inside the door and tore up the stairs. He could throw one stick of dynamite high over the Rakash and stun them all so Teak could get away. His light bobbed along the walls. A step crumbled underfoot, almost sending him down to the floor below. Just ahead, a short section of stairs was completely missing. He leapt out, grabbed the next step, and hoisted himself back to his feet. One of the sticks of dynamite slipped from his hand, and the guard on the floor below grunted as it hit him. Reaching the top of the stairs, Corvin stepped onto the broken wall and grabbed hold of the arch that curved back behind him. Kale's people had all the Rakash back into their ranks, but the one holding Teak captive was halfway through the domes. If he went behind the building, the blast would not reach him. Corbin held the stick of dynamite up to his lamp. The fuse caught and began sparking above his face. Jake said it would take one minute to reach the stick, but that was too long. It would need only a few seconds of fuse to have it explode in midair. Holding it at his side, he watched the fuse burn down. He should have cut it back. A stab of pain knocked his hand loose from the stone arch and he wavered on top of the wall. An arrow clattered to the stone at his feet. Kale's soldiers were shooting at the light from the fuse and it was almost at the stick. Pulling back, Corvin launched the dynamite in a high arc. It spiraled through the air, throwing out a long, curving tail of sparks like a pinwheel firework. Another arrow whistled past his head. Corvin jumped to one side. His foot slipped. Tumbling back to the top of the stairs, he regained his footing and ran down, leaping over the gap just as a blast tore the air apart. The tower shuddered, and smaller blocks of stone crashed around him as he reached the bottom and ducked in under the stairwell. A larger stone smashed on the stairs over his head, and he dashed to where the other stick of dynamite had fallen. The guard was rubbing his head, the stick of dynamite in his hand. What's going on? His words slurred and his eyes were unfocused. Corvin grabbed the stick and pulled the man to his feet. Kale needs you right away. You need to run. He dragged the man toward the door. But the tower. I need to... I'll look after the tower. Corvin shoved the man out the door, and he stumbled toward the Rakash bodies and soldiers that lay scattered on the ground like a spilled box of matchsticks. High on a circular mound, toward Kate Set, a light was blinking off and on in Teak's hand. She had escaped from the Rakash, and now he needed to do the same. The gong on the top of the library began beating out a steady rhythm. Corvin jumped away from the door and tore down the stairs, studying the girth of the central pillar as he ran down to the floor. If he took it out, the tower would collapse as he escaped up the tunnel. The heavy blocks of stone were thicker at the bottom, maybe too sturdy for the last stick of dynamite. Probing around the base, he found a crack as wide as his arm where one of the foundation blocks was shifted out of position. Lighting the fuse, Corvin crammed the dynamite into the crack as far as his arm would go and then tore up the tunnel. His mind began to calculate how far he needed to run and returned a quick answer. 
A human could sprint about 20 feet per second, and the fuse was 60 seconds long, so he would be less than 1,200 feet away from the blast. That's not far enough, his mind screamed at him. Not in this confined space. If he didn't get around a corner soon, the blast would roar up the tunnel and kill him. A narrow crack in the native rock crossed the tunnel. Corvin skidded to a halt and wedged himself back inside it. His lamp tumbled to the floor and went out. He counted off the seconds. One, two, three, until he reached twenty-nine. Either this fuse was longer than the other, or it had gone out when he jammed it between the blocks. Just as he leaned out to check for sparks, a dull thump and a blossom of red light hammered a blast of hot air past his head. He retreated back into the safety of the crevice as the ground shuddered from a massive block hitting the floor. Another fell, followed by two more, and then a steady roar as the tower came down. A dense cloud of dust and pebbles rattled past his cleft in the rock and died.